Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Right, so one of the issues that has been raised in the COVID-19 pandemic is how pharmacies have been dealing with it. We've all heard that we are at risk of a second wave and the Irish Pharmacy Union is very concerned about how pharmacies would cope in that situation. We're joined on this morning by the Secretary General of the Irish Pharmacy Union, Dara O'Loughlin. Good morning to you, Dara. We'll just see one second now if we can get Dara on the line this morning. Good morning to you, Dara. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, Dara. You have raised some concerns about how your sector would cope should a second wave hit. Yes, when the COVID pandemic first hit our shores in March and April, pharmacies stayed open. So every pharmacist turned up for work every day along with the team, very much on the front line and under extreme pressure. There was a huge expense associated with making the premises safe for the staff, for the customers, for the patients, so that the pharmacy wouldn't become a source of infection. And we're very glad that pharmacy didn't. But pharmacists spent thousands of euros making their premises safe. In most cases, they cut off all of their own normal retail cash sales to focus on medicines, to focus on prescriptions and to focus on healthcare. We saw patients and customers couldn't get access to their GPs because GPs were swamped with COVID-related issues and had closed their surgeries, closed their waiting rooms and were dealing with people on the phone. And as a result, everybody who wanted face-to-face healthcare was coming to a pharmacist for help and advice, and we were delighted to give it. But as you know, pharmacists don't charge for their help and their advice. So by the end of the first surge, we had a situation where pharmacists had spent tens of thousands of euro on making their premises safe, had spent a lot of money on additional staff, had spent money on, or had lost money by restricting their own retail sales, had been extending prescriptions, repeating prescriptions, delivering prescriptions to people's homes, all with zero support from the state. And at the same time, the Department of Health and the HSE poured money into GP services, which is appropriate. They poured money into private hospitals and they put nothing into pharmacies. At the end of it, pharmacists were reporting that they had hit credit limits with their wholesalers. They were putting their personal savings and their retirement savings back into the business to pay the medicines bill so that they could buy in the medicines for their own patients to get next month and still no support from government. And what we're hearing now is that in the absence of a package, the same as was done in Northern Ireland, where the Northern Ireland government just put £20,000 into every pharmacy to sustain it through the crisis, I don't know if pharmacies will make it through a second surge. Pharmacists would invariably have saved money by closing their businesses and staying home, but they didn't do that. They don't want to do that. They have a duty to their community, but they may not be able to afford to get through a second surge. Mary Hogan uh, of Hogan's Pharmacy in Limerick is with us as well. Mary, is it as bad as what Dara is painting? Mary, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The, the, the picture that Dara is painting there is a very stark one. Is it as bad as all that? Are pharmacies struggling so badly that some are using retirement savings to keep the business going? Well, different pharmacies are being affected differently, of course. And good morning, Dara. Um, nice to hear from you. Um, it, uh, has been, it was a time that was extremely busy there from... Uh, March onwards, it was a horrific
specific time. In our case, we split our team into two different teams so that we minimised how often people were out. It was a self-protection measure, so we had four people on uh, three days of the week each. And uh, that was uh, a safety issue from staff point of view. And it also helped to cut down on people being out at the time when the country was in lockdown. We had screens up, we had masks, we were offering a delivery service. And yes, we found it a very pressured time. Now, different people have different resources to make available. You know, I mean, some some pharmacies would probably have um, different overheads to us. We're there, as you know, a very long time. And uh, we went so, through it. But I'm not sure that everybody will. Just, just to take the last few months, let's say since uh, March 12th, would they have been been months where your profit would have been more than previous years or less than previous oh, years? Oh, significantly less. Significantly, significantly less. less. There was no front of shop business. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of uh, that kind of browsing and picking up. The, there still isn't the people. There's, um, you do yourself on a Saturday going around and maybe... Uh, look into some face cream or maybe you have photographic work to get done. Uh, there wasn't an awful lot of that happening in the months of March, April, May and June. And um, right through to now, it's it's been recovering since things have been opening up a bit more. But, you know, on the one hand, you want to encourage people to stay safe and stay safe still means and being cautious about going out and about. It still means that, even though they're telling us that we can go back to a new type of normal. It is a new type of normal. It's not what it was. You can't have throngs of people inside in the shop all uh, wandering around in different areas. You know, you begin to feel very uncomfortable if you have people in your shop. Far too many people in your shop. You're worried about ventilation. You're worried about making sure that people aren't crowding up on top of each other. So, you know, if you look out on a busy day, it's quite stressful saying, oh, my God, there's going to be a few more coming in. We're restricted to four people in the shop at a time. And, you know, if someone comes in with a family come in for a particular thing, then all of a sudden you're tight in numbers. And that's all stressful to watch. But it also means that you're restricting turnover. And did you have to hire extra staff? Well, we were lucky across the time, but yes, we did. We had some students that we were, were there that we kept on. And um, we had, as a result, uh, we would have added a higher staff complement than normal for reduced uh, sales, yeah. Okay, and we're chatting to Mary Hogan of Hogan's Pharmacy in Limerick City and also to Dara O'Loughlin, who's Secretary General of the Irish Pharmacy Union. Dara, the picture painted earlier by you is a pretty stark one. Uh, a second wave of COVID-19 would certainly need pharmacies to be running at full strength. Um, and uh, what percentage can you see potentially closing if, you know, they don't get the supports that you're calling for? Well, it's impossible to put a number on that, but we do know that on average pharmacies have seen a 36% reduction in their sales revenue from the non-medicine sales. And a lot of pharmacies heavily require that turnover to support the medicine and prescription business that they do because historically the Department of Health and the HSE have not paid for prescriptions at the price that would sustain the full service. They expect that it will be subsidised by private sales. 
where those private sales and that retail business doesn't exist, then the prescription end of the business can't sustain itself. We know that one in five pharmacies have already had to lay off staff. We know that another one in five are fearing that they'll have to lay off more staff in the next two to three months. So we would be very worried that even if a pharmacy can remain open, a lot of them will have to curtail their hours very dramatically, working off a much smaller staff complement based on what their business can afford. And that reduction in service levels to the community at a time when people need their pharmacies more than ever because GPs are swamped with COVID and have stopped seeing people on a walk-in basis. Pharmacies are now the only walk-in face-to-face healthcare service left available to the public. I'm just curious, Dara, um, are the rules around what a pharmacy can or can't sell? I mean, I, I, I know that they were obviously open during lockdown and possibly not many people went to them to get the things that Mary was talking about in terms of browsing and all of that. But are there ways that pharmacies, you, you look at the drugstores in America, they sell absolutely everything. Um, and here, the, they seem to be a lot more restricted. Yes, we have uh, professional standards that are re- we're regulated quite tightly by the Pharmaceutical Society, our regulator. And there's a code of conduct and professional standards. So I've seen US drugstores selling cigarettes and alcohol and there is no way that Irish pharmacies are going to start selling cigarettes and alcohol, even though there might be a market for them. And there are pharmacies and drugstores in the US that are selling frozen pizza and so on. But they're much bigger premises. It's a bigger business model. That's how it has evolved. They've massive, massive corporations running their pharmacies. And those corporations will sell whatever people will buy in that area. Irish pharmacies are part of the healthcare network. Part of, our pharmacist is a healthcare professional. And anything they sell is going to be aligned with health and well-being. Yeah. Well, Katie has given us a call. Katie's working in a pharmacy. Good morning to you, Katie. Good morning, Gillian. Thanks for having me. Um, um, yeah, I'm just wondering, Katie, you know, as somebody who's working in a pharmacy and what Dara's been saying there, uh, being a vital service, you know, how have the public been during the whole pandemic and the lockdown and all of that um, how have they coped with how pharmacies have changed? Um, I mean it's been a very difficult few months like I was saying but the majority of the public have been very cooperative, they've been very understanding of the guidelines that are in place you know with the ability to only dispense day one month of a prescription at a time um, the social distancing understanding we can only have a certain amount of customers in the store at a time um, it has been difficult to provide that sort of one-on-one service, um, but you know we're doing the best we can, and it's great to see the members of the public kind of respecting that we're we're under huge pressure at the minute, and we're doing we're doing everything we can to to provide the service that we always would have. Are you noticing more people wearing face masks? Yeah, definitely. Um, in the last couple of weeks, the amount of people in store. Um, face masks have increased. Um, we, we always wear them behind the counter as well and encourage people, if possible, to wear them at all because, you know, it, it is incredibly important. Dara, the, the new rule around face masks, I mean, one thing that sometimes people have forgotten, they talk about the frontline and obviously the nurses and the doctors and the people who are dealing with uh, people who actually have COVID-19 symptoms are, are absolutely on the front line. But pharmacy workers have been on the front line since the beginning of this as well, haven't they? Very much so, yeah, from day one. And like I say, when people couldn't just walk into 
see their doctor, they were walking into a pharmacy to ask questions about whether the pharmacist thought they might have COVID. And people were coming in with those symptoms, looking for advice and information. And we were obviously directing them to the HSE and to the GP for testing. But pharmacy teams have very courageously been right on the front line since the very get-go. And in some cases, probably haven't been properly recognised for that. But pharmacy teams, everybody working in a pharmacy, is designated as a healthcare worker and is entitled to the same respect and the same kudos as any other healthcare worker for the performance that they've put in throughout this pandemic. Mary, have you noticed more people wearing face masks? Have you had to deal with anybody who didn't want to wear a face mask? Uh, Over the past, yesterday particularly, I'd say the vast majority of people who came into the shop were wearing face masks. And no, I haven't really had to take anyone on about it yet. We have screens put up in the shop, which was another expense, but we have screens put up and they have helped to protect us as well. But I mean, like that, like Kate said there, I have, I think the public has been fantastic throughout. I remember actually one evening when we were closing the shop and just as my sister and I were leaving, Eleonora and uh, a man just came up to us and said I would just like to thank you. I don't know what we do without pharmacists. And it was really just a lovely moment at the end of what had been a long and tiring and stressful day and just a stranger to walk up and say that. I I also remember it. It was lovely. Um, But the public have been really, really great and have been quite patient uh, because it has been a new way of working for us and therefore it has been a new experience for the public as well in terms of being asked to call back for prescriptions where they could wait in the past and you're minimising the number of people in the shops so therefore you're asking people to call back and you're trying to manage the workflow and this has been difficult for the public as well and uh, they have been wonderful throughout. Yeah, I have to agree with that man who thanked you, Eleanor. Um, sorry, Mary, um, yourself and your sister, Eleanor, uh, because, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do without my local pharmacy. I'm in there probably more often than I'd like to be, but they are <laughs> terribly patient, know the family, know, you know, know what everybody's ailments are and are always asking after them um, and terribly patient with me. So I'm hugely appreciative of my local pharmacy. I'd be back there again today um, later on to pick up more prescriptions. So a really vital service, Dara. So I, I do hope that the government hears your call. Well, thank you very much. So do I. Uh, we have a new Minister for Health there. He has an opportunity to make a difference. Especially that nothing has happened before now, but we're genuinely hopeful that this Minister will do something to ensure that we can continue to deliver the service that everybody wants, including you. To, to be continued throughout. Okay, thank you so much for joining us on Limerick today. That's Dara O'Loughlin, Secretary General of the IPU, our caller Katie, a pharmacy worker, and Mary Hogan from Hogan's Pharmacy in Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.